It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming, and I can tell already Jim and Casper is a, in a hump day mood. Kind of like a Humpty Dumpty thing he gets into every single Wednesday. It is Wednesday. No names mentioned, but some people really confused their entire year. And we're only a couple of days into it here. By thinking yesterday was Monday. No names mentioned. But no, today's Wednesday. We'll get everything on track real soon here, okay? All right. Loads to cover. You're not going to believe this day. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts, bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. Oh, that just sounds delicious. Okay, so let's take a look at the first thing uh, that Harvard president resigned. I got a few things about that. But then it's not just that the Harvard president resigned. There was someone else who was convicted of voter fraud, but now that person is deputy mayor. Yeah, we just never seem to get rid of these people. Hang on, trigger warning. Warning, this show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move. Dave. Okay, let's see here. Miss Mary Sandamina, are you sure it's Wednesday? Because it feels like Tuesday. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Okay, so <laughs> it does. You know, I tell you the good news here. Mary, I tell you what. You just continue believing it's Tuesday. That way, when Saturday gets here and you realize you're thinking it's Friday and you have one more day to work, but then you realize you don't have to go to work, it's going to feel really good. You're a, you really, it just, just enjoy it. Well, fine. It's Tuesday. Fine. We'll go with that, Mary. That way you'll feel really good on, on Saturday. All right. So first story I have for you here. Headline, she was convicted of voter fraud, then appointed deputy mayor. What do we do have to get rid of these people? All right. Well, the story says, watch what they do, not what they say. They will always tell you that it doesn't happen, and if it happens, it's wrong. You're wrong. But they do everything they can to make sure it's easy and difficult to find out what they did wrong. Gloria Torres is her name. She's the person who was convicted of voter fraud. Here's a website here. Convicted ballot harvester. Gloria Torres named San, uh, San Luis vice mayor. What? Yet convicted ballot harvester Gloria Torres has been appointed at the as the new vice mayor of San Luis, Arizona. San Luis, what are you doing? I, what's amazing to me how many times people get caught at things and yet continue to get away with it. And then look what happens to them, like our current president, 
who should have been not just thrown out of office decades ago in the Senate, but should be in jail. Should have been decades ago. But look at where he is now. Torres, who was appointed during a regular city council meeting December 13th, pleaded guilty to ballot harvesting in June 2023. Torres and some others were indicted on October 22nd, I'm sorry, October 2022, on two Class 6 felony of conspiracies and ballot abuse stemming from a two-year-long investigation by the Arizona Attorney General's Office with assistance from the Union County Sheriff's Office. The ballot harvesting activities were exposed by two Yuma County men. Uh, they had hidden surveillance outside of a polling station in 2020. The former St. Louis mayor and local residents as well were convicted along with her. Council members, so you know, fraud didn't happen in the last election, not all now. A candidate of the Arizona House of Representatives quickly seconded the former vice mayor's recommendations to appoint her as vice mayor. So she's right back in office again. Again, I, I don't understand. How do you get rid of these people? Well, in this case, it, she's got friends in high places that helped her come back up to the vice mayor position. Because apparently where they are, it's not a matter of the vote of the people. It's a matter of a vote within the system that gets them into the position of vice mayor. But, you know, a little bit of time in jail. And you know, for those people who want to go after Trump, because, you know, January 6th insurrection, this woman, as soon as it was found, she was guilty of ballot harvesting and she admitted to it. She should never be allowed to hold office again. And yet here she is. Part of the problems we have to fix here in this country. Now, the next one up, the Harvard president, Claudia Gay, resigns amid deepening plagiarism scandals. Now, I like what what the uh, Babylon Bee did with her in a meme. In her letter of resignation, she wrote the Gettysburg Address. Yeah, it's a plagiarism joke. The Harvard president resigned on Tuesday following uh, anti-Semitism scandals and, of course, scandals about plagiarism, things like that. Now, I got a call from a friend of mine yesterday who is an MIT grad. And he pointed out that this woman, through her career, had to work her way up. Through She didn't just become president of Harvard University. She had to work her way up. And every time she stepped up further up the ladder, there was a review. So it's not like after all these years and all these step-ups that people didn't know. There's absolutely no way people didn't know of all these steps up over the years. And then other problems that she had as well. And then there was the whole anti-Semitism thing as well. So up she goes all the way to the top. Now, with Harvard, and I even have her letter of resignation here. It's a long letter. With Harvard University, they have a lot to fix. There are uh, several stories I came along within the past few weeks of people who wanted to send their kids to Harvard. But now they're looking at it and going, no, it's not the great university it once was. Now, I'm not saying I figured out anything unique, but that's you've heard me talk about that on the air for several years. That it used to be one of the greatest universities on the planet. But now look at what they're doing here. It is definitely not a place that you want to send your kid. And that's unfortunate to have gone from one of the greatest universities the planet has ever known 
to what we're doing today. Now, as I just point, well, the reason I started with that uh, ex-mayor who's not vice mayor, and now I go to Harvard University, I guarantee you this woman, Claudia Gay, who was just just resigned as the Harvard president, where do you think she's going to wind up next? Land on her feet, maybe? Oh, of course, she's got friends in high places. So she won't be president of Harvard University anymore. But you would think because of the problem that she's had over the past few months, she, it would be very difficult for her to find work anywhere, right? And as you know, that's not going to be the case. She's going to find work. She's going to find work quickly. And it's going to be more money than most of us, you or I, will ever see. She's going to get a nice, big, fat, cushy salary because of this. This is usually what happens to folks like this. They, they're disgraced. They're kicked out. But if you're thinking, well, then that's that, that's it. They're done. They're now the front door greeter at Walmart. No. That is not what's going to happen. The North American Karen, a wild beast that's dangerous alone, but deadly in numbers. When gathered together, they form what is known as a homeowners association. This HOA peruses the gated community on the hunt for a vulnerable manager. But today, their vulnerability will be exposed. A Tyronus homeboy sapien. The Karens freeze and huddle together in fear. Their phones on video mode at the ready to to call for help from their closest friend of the jungle, the security officeaurus. But the harmless Tyronus goes about his business, paying little attention to the Karens. But it's too late. The Karens have already been frightened. They turn and make their escape. Rarely do the Karens find themselves on the receiving end of fear. But today, they are reminded that the world is not their home. They trot home to their husbandus flaccidus to complain that their neighborhood is going to hell. Listen to Glenn Woods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Okay, some people texted me in on the Wake Up Wyoming app about what's going to happen to the president of Harvard University. Because, you know, of course, folks in these positions, okay, they're no, she's no longer president, but does that mean she's done? Well, obviously not. I mean, if you or I were to lose a job, it's hard times for a while, and we it's going to take a bit to work our way back to where we were before. You know what it's like. We've all hit hard times now and then. Okay, so here's Doug and Cheyenne. Gay, the former Harvard president, was demoted to a faculty position with a salary of $800,000 a year from what I heard. Hope she can make ends meet with that salary. Now, I hadn't heard that, but I, I wouldn't doubt that. While Bill and Laramie, Harvard president, will go to work for Biden. Possible. But here's the one I think, I think Jim and Casper really have it. She'll be on The View. Yeah, very possible. <clears throat> now, look, you fire someone for something like this, and where do they go? Well, they're connected with the right people. That's why I pointed out that former mayor of uh, in Arizona convicted of ballot harvesting, and now she's vice mayor a couple of years later. But she's not going anywhere. She's being taken care of. She has friends in high places. So that's what happens. I want to know what happened. <clears throat> do you remember um, Anthony Weiner? 
Always loved that name. But it, yeah, all what he got in trouble for. So where is he today? He's probably very successful today. I might just look up to see because there was a documentary about him and his whole downfall, which was really embarrassingly disgusting. I mean, he is and he is a disgusting human being. But of course, he'll be just fine. Don't worry about it. Okay. So in the meantime, now this story to me is related. From not the B. So it's Babylon B, but in this case, they're reporting stories that if you read this, you wouldn't believe it was true, but it is. The full rundown of unusually timed trades that would be on the stock market that members of Congress made in 2023. Just released a full report of politicians trading in 2023 in the stock market, like every year since 2020. U.S. politicians beat the market. And many in Congress made usually unusually timed trades. And, of course, I'm looking at graphs here, which is hard to give you the, the visual of that. But here's the idea. So you're celebrating, let's say, a 4% raise against 7% inflation, right? That's what we in America are doing right now. But outgoing representative, outgoing representative Brian Higgins, Democrat in New York, had a 239% year-to-date return on his investments. Imagine doing that well. A 239% year-to-date return on investments. For those of you who are investing in the stock market, wouldn't you love to see a return like that? 239%. Mark Green, Republican Tennessee. Gary Graves, Republican Louisiana. And David Routzer, Republican, North Carolina, all had over 100%. So it doesn't, it spans both political parties because we're not talking parties here. We're talking establishment. If you're wondering that, uh, that good, there's a bar on your measurement of how the market is doing in general. Uh, and it shows the exchange amount. Again, I just have to be very careful about how I explain this to you because there's a lot of visual graphs here, but now, Here's another story I found. Same idea. Same topic. Congressional Democrats stock returns beat the S&P by 507 points in 2023. A report of the unusual whales is found on Tuesday, raising concerns about members of Congress, how they trade stocks and beat information that's available to the public. Beating the S&P is very difficult for stock traders, the story says, due to challenging uh, regular, regularly identifying stocks. There's a lot of, you try to make educated guesses, but there's a lot of guessing going on, as you know, as to what's actually going to happen and too many variables. It's like trying to predict the weather. There's too many variables. So, okay. The S&P 500 stock market index tracking the stock performance of the 500 largest companies in the U.S., provides diversified exposure, talks about what it does. Democrats came out on top significantly due to their heavy tech portfolios. Republicans returned around 18%, which is still great, better than most of you will ever do. They underperformed as aggregate because their portfolios are mainly in financials, oil commodities, things like that. Uh, Democrats, you know, mainly stuck with tech industries because, you know, they're trying to push us toward wind and solar or things like this, which is what they're heavily subsidizing. So it makes sense, right? They're heavily subsidizing what they're investing their own money in. The report claimed that returns of the members whose portfolios perform the best, again, Nancy Pelosi, no big surprise, Susan Collins, Dan Goldman, Dan Crenshaw, 
Senator Mitch McConnell's. We're talking Democrats and Republicans. The top member was Representative Brian Higgins, Democrat in New York, who represents the Buffalo, New York area, elected in 2005. And again, that's like 250-some return on investments, which you will never see. Those are members of Congress. And of course, they'll get away with this. Coming up on 6.30, local news coming your way right after local news update on the weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Wake up, Wyoming. Download the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. Listen anywhere and chat live with Glenn during the show on AM 1030 K2 Radio. Six of the time. Did I say eight? Six thirty-six of the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. My name is Clint Woods. Okay, so uh, thanks for the help out there. It's one thing I always like is if I'm talking about something, I'm thinking where I don't have that information. Somebody out there does, and it gets sent to me. So if you're just joining, I was talking about the Harvard professor who finally resigned about damn time. They should have fired her a long time ago. She should never been put in that position in the first place. Really bad looking for Harvard. And it is affecting them negatively. There are people who are saying, you know, I'm just not even going to bother going to Harvard anymore. I'm just wipe. I'm not going to send my kids there. That's actually starting to happen. It's going to negatively affect them. As far as their students go, they're probably going to still get a ton of subsidies from your federal government. Okay, but don't worry, don't worry. The former, now former president of Harvard University, Claudia Gay, is going to be doing just fine. So we were figuring, where is she going to wind up? Like on The View, something like that? Mike from over there in Leeds, South Dakota. Thank you, Mike. He just sent me this. Uh, This is from the New York Post. She won't be leading the Crimson, but uh, Green shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the problem. Oh, I like that. Shouldn't be. She won't be leaving the Crimson, but Green shouldn't be the problem. In other words, money wouldn't be the problem. Outgoing Harvard President Claudia Gay will still likely earn nearly nearly nine hundred thousand. So it's over eight hundred thousand dollars a year, almost nine hundred thousand, despite being forced to resign her position as the top administrator. Uh, political science. Oh my God, she's a political science professor who stepped down amid a tempest allegation. Of course, it talks about why she stepped down. Prior to being named president six months ago, she had earned eight hundred seventy-nine thousand seventy-nine cents. What's the seventy-nine? I've never understood this. Okay, eight hundred seventy-nine thousand seventy-nine dollars. What? Just round it off. But okay, as faculty of arts science dean in twenty twenty-one and eight hundred twenty-four thousand sixty-eight in twenty twenty, according to records published by the university, her new position was not specified Tuesday, but she's expected to receive a salary comparable with what she previously got, if not if not higher. It's also unclear. How much of her present salary of roughly one million would be and should be entitled to after only serving in the post for six months? Her predecessor pulled about one point three million annually. He currently serves as provost chief's uh, academic officer. Talks about what he did. Okay, 
So there, she's already landed on her feet. She are, she's apparently, according to that, still going to be working for the university and could potentially end up earning more money than when she was president. So, oh gosh, you know, we really taught her a lesson, didn't we? Yeah, it's just what I mean by we've run into a situation here, which is not surprising because the American people have let it happen, where these people have put themselves into elitist positions with obscene salaries and so on. And these are the same people who always talk about those evil rich, how we have to punish the rich, tax the rich. Well, at least the rich that many of us are talking about that we're proud of are people who are self-made rich. They earned it. They created something. They actually created something of value. Not, well, for example, a member of Congress who when they finally leave Congress walk away with tens of millions of dollars, I mean really stinking rich, on a congressional salary, which should never happen. But lo and behold, they managed to do it. All right, then I appreciate this, Al in Hillsboro. By the way, Al, because your name is A-L, Al, whenever I look at your name on the screen, I think it says A-I. So I'm talking to an A-I, apparently. But anyway, Biden dropped out in 1987 primaries because of plagiarism. The rest is history. In fact, I do have that in my archives. There is one less candidate in the race for the presidency tonight. Delaware Senator Joseph Biden dropped out of the hunt today, saying the disclosures about his plagiarism in law school and his exaggerations about his academic record made it impossible for him to continue. I do it with incredible reluctance, and it makes me angry. I'm angry with myself for having been put in a position put myself in the position of having to make this choice. The Delaware Democrat is the second candidate to be forced from the race by questions of character and integrity. Gary Hart dropped out. Okay, and yet here Biden is today. And that's not the only time he's been caught lying about something. Biden, as I've said many times before, so long time ago, been not just run out of the Senate, but should be in jail for multiple reasons. And yet here he is president of the United States. And you can see now, not only does the establishment and the media protect him, but they worked hard to protect Hunter as well. All right. Well, I this just never ends, does it? Not until we finally, as Americans, decide to do something about it. If someone ever approaches you and tries to rob you, tell them to stop. Ask them, is it necessary? Is it nice? Do you have my permission? Tell them that you do not want to be touched. If they point a gun at you, tell them that it's illegal. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. Six forty-eight. The time it's wake up, my old mate. Off to the ice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, so, Frank, I did some uh, research this morning and came across an amazing discovery. Another one. Yes. Yeah. Well, from time to time. Now, one of these days, I'll go ahead and give a discovery. You know that that's worth a damn. <laughs> but this one. Yeah, is this one is well. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. So, if you were to think of one of uh, an area on the planet where you are most apt to be attacked by a shark, where would you think? Australia. Yeah, that's very true, yeah. Now, there was a time that that was Wyoming. 
Australia was. Yeah, no. No, oh, no. Attack, oh, yeah, by a shark. There was okay. a time. That was Wyoming. Now, if you picked up a shark's tooth, let's say you're walking through the prairie somewhere and you look down, oh, my God, a shark's tooth. That could actually happen. People do that. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about looking at the grasslands and expecting to see a fin coming through. That's not no, no, going to no. happen anymore. This could be millions of years no. ago. So, so what I'm pleased to report through my extensive research over numerous cups of coffee this morning that the odds of being attacked by a shark in Wyoming have gone from the most likely place on the planet was Wyoming to now zero in Wyoming. Zero. Yeah, you are. That's a a shame, really. Yeah, it really only took, you know, millions of years to happen, okay, but we're here. We've now, now, if a Wyoming had an aquarium with all sorts of sea yeah, life, well, that, in it, that changes everything. Yeah, that, then your your odds would not be zero because there's you know if you're near the aquarium and you know things happen, you could fall in whatever. Okay. But, uh, if they had them in Yellowstone, I think they'd be a perfect you know uh, yes yes addition to well the animals that are already there that could. In fact, so there's this uh, website called Thrillist. They do all sorts of neat little studies. And they did state by state, odds of being attacked by a shark state by state. Now, where I grew up in Florida, actually pretty high. Well, of course. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not going out there. No. But they did write... Wyoming, zero chance. Old Faithful does not contain sharks, but nope, that would be nope. kind of cool. Oh, just the, the sharks coming out of the, the, the geyser? Wouldn't that be? I still want to see prairie sharks, them cutting through the grass out there. I think it'd be great. Right. All righty then. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys came up with a great ending in their game with San Jose State and Laramie last night. A quail caught, hit the buzzer beating shot on a fadeaway jumper to give UW a 75-73 win over San Jose State. Caught went one on one in that deal and came through big time. He finished with 14 points. Cowboys were on the ropes in this game. They trailed by as many as 17. They shot a measly 29% from the floor in the first half and 53% in the second half. At the same time, San Jose State shot 51% from the field in the first half and a pedestrian 33% in the second half. Sam Griffin once again was Wyoming's leading scorer with 23 points on 10 of 20 from the field. Cowboys are 7-7 and overall, 1-0 and in Mountain West Conference play and they'll be in Albuquerque on Saturday to take on New Mexico. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will be in Logan tonight to meet Utah State. The Cowgirls are coming off a 61-47 win over Boise State and their Mountain West Conference opener over the weekend, so they're six and six overall. Utah State is just not very good. They're three and nine, and they were crushed by UNLV their last time out, one hundred seven to sixty eight. After tonight's game, the Cowgirls will visit the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs on Saturday. Junior college basketball, the Casper College men and women will be in Dawson, Montana on Friday. The men are 10 and 6. The women are 11 and 4. The LCCC men from Cheyenne sit at 10 and 6. They'll host the Air Force prep on Tuesday. The LCCC women are 6 and 8, and they will be at Trinidad, Colorado on Monday. Here's a rundown of some of the former University of Wyoming guys, how they did in the National Football League over the weekend. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen, 15 of 30 for 169 yards with two rushing touchdowns as the Bills kept their playoff hopes alive, beating New England 27-21. Cincinnati linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson with five tackles in their loss to Kansas City 25-17. The Bengals were 8-8 and, and in serious danger of not making the playoffs. Las Vegas defensive back Marcus Epps with three tackles in their loss to Indianapolis. Denver Bronco defensive lineman Mike Purcell had three tackles in their 16-9 win over the LA Chargers. National Hockey League, the Colorado Avalanche beat the New York Islanders in Denver last night 5-4 in overtime. Nathan McKinnon scored the game-winning goal 32 seconds in the extra session. The Avs are currently 24-11-3 and lead the Central Division by one point. That's it in sports. So, 
know, when we have teams that are no, no chance whatsoever of being anywhere near the Super Bowl, right? Right. What are they doing about that? Well, the, the, a you could probably tank if you had to. Yeah. You know, try to keep people healthy, or you know, try to end the season, you know, on a, on a bright note. I, I would hope that the, that's would be what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know, like say, hey, it's been it's been a rotten year, but you know, we we, we can redeem ourselves yes. at least a little bit here. Yeah, people remember that last game. Yes. At, at, unlike the Rockies. Well, I couldn't even yeah. tell you what they did the last See, game. See, there you go. That was okay. All right, thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of, we're going to roll into news time after that. National local update on the weather forecast. Wake up, Wyoming. Sixth of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Wednesday. I know. Yesterday, the weekend, screwed you up. Two holidays really close together. Kind of throws anybody for a loop here. But it's a Wednesday, so over the hump we go. That's good. That means that the weekend gets a lot, well, it gets here a lot faster for you. Unfortunately, this next week, it is only two days off, not what you've been enjoying the past couple of weeks. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts, bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. I wonder if that goes well with coffee. haven't tried that yet. Okay, so Biden administration meddling in something else again here. How many of you out there get some overtime for what you do? It's always good to get that little extra. If you, if you put the hours in... You can get some overtime. It's one of those things about good work ethic, too. If you really try hard, put the hours in, apply yourself, you can get promotions and raises and bonuses and overtime and do really well for yourself. Work your way up the ladder. But it takes initiative to do that, right? The Biden administration, oh, here we go again with the Biden. As soon as I say that, you know what now, right? The Biden administration is trying to hike the threshold under which the hourly wage work regulations apply by about $25,000 a year. The proposed overtime rule threatens to throw millions of workers out of their salary jobs and into hourly, hourly work, leading to lost flexibility Autonomy, benefits, wage cuts, stuff like that. So here's where, again, I would say to the Biden administration, stay out of it. Like When I go to apply for a job somewhere, there's been a few times in my life where, hey, I wouldn't mind doing that job working here. But I didn't do it because the deal they offered just kind of sucked. So I get to decide here what kind of work I want how I want to get paid for things. I can negotiate this. Most people can't. For those who can't, well, go get yourself into a position where you can. 
But government should stay out of this. That's between you and your employers. So the story says, the Fair Labor Standards Act, and let's pause right there. As soon as your government says, well, this is a Fair Labor Standards Act, you know it's not going to be that. Requires that hourly employees be paid 1.5 times their usual rate for any hours worked over 40 in a given week. Employees who receive regular salaries, regardless of the hours they work, are exempt from overtime requirements so long as they pass a duties test and are paid a minimum salary level. Certain occupations like teachers and lawyers are exempt altogether. I didn't see anything about talk show hosts in there. I don't know. Okay, so the way it works for me is I get paid a salary to do this, but there's appearances, there's endorsements, and then there's also bonuses for certain performance things. You know, the ratings do well. A lot of people read my articles, things like this. If uh, the popularity of what I do hits a certain level, I get bonuses, and I do get bonuses. So, you know. But that's their incentive to me. Hey, hit this level of, yeah, and okay, I will. Absolutely. And I'll exceed it. And I have. So that's what I do. And I don't want government coming along and meddling in that. If the rule is finalized, here we go again. I, rule. Meaning this is not Congress doing this, not your elected officials. This is Biden and bureaucracy. If the rule is finalized, employers who have salaried employees earning between a current threshold of $684 per week, $35,568 per year, and a proposed threshold of $1,158 per week or $60,209 per year, will have to decide whether they will convert them to hourly workers or a trade salary increase for benefit cuts uh, or eliminate jobs according to the data for the Bureau of Labor Statistics. Uh, and they say about 12.3 million workers fall in that range. Now, let's not forget the last time we saw government manipulating. Let's go to California recently with a big hike in minimum wage for restaurant employees. And a lot of restaurant employees of various, including delivery people, are losing their jobs over this. So since the cost of living and wages vary significantly across the U.S. And there's reasons for that. So let's give an example of that. I've had some people, I'll use myself as an example again. Well, Glenn, why aren't you in some, why aren't you like in Denver or someplace like that, like on KOA or... I can go to markets like that, been there. There's a problem though. Yeah, they pay a lot more, but take a look at what it costs to live there. And then there's multiple taxes that Wyoming doesn't have, including state income taxes. So even though my salary is more, how much of that do I get to keep? Not as much. I actually do better in Wyoming where I earn less, but I get to keep more of it because of the way not just the Wyoming tax structure is, but the way the Wyoming economy is. So it can vary a lot. I do remember one time hearing from a teacher who was living up in the New England states, and she was going to move down to Florida to teach. Oh, my God, people in Florida, teachers in Florida, oh, they earn much money. Well, they do by Florida standards when you, you have to adjust it for their economy, okay? So, again, Florida doesn't even have a state income tax. By the way, I don't usually tune around like this, but I did just, I was driving yesterday, and I tuned in just when Sean Hannity said, that's it, I'm done, I'm leaving New York, I'm moving to Florida. 
And my thought was, about time, Sean. Limbaugh did that a long time ago. I figure Hannity did not move to Florida because he does his television show and he has to be at the Fox News studios, which are in New York. I figure that's why he stayed, because he has to be there for the television show. But maybe not, because he's moving to Florida. So I don't know what the deal will be with the television show, but he's moving. To, he's just done with living in New York, mainly because of all the taxes and the cost of living and so on. As much as he makes, they take so much of it. All right. So workers, the story says, in lower cost areas would face the greatest consequences of this Biden rule. For example, while fewer than 50 percent of workers in the District of Columbia or Massachusetts or Washington state have earnings below the proposed threshold, more than 70 percent of workers in Arkansas, Mississippi, South Dakota, West Virginia, Wyoming have earnings below the proposed threshold. Given the massive increase in the salary threshold and the fact that the proposal includes automatic future increases... Employers will have to make changes to the workforce, including if this rule is enacted, workers may lose their jobs. Employers may prevent the cost of living increase by eliminating jobs and automating jobs. Uh, A study of recent overtime rules change in the U.S. found that a three to one ratio of employment losses to income gains an increase in equity or in, in inequality. Uh, employers may reduce workers' benefits or salaries. So, okay, we'll go ahead and meet your wage demands by administration, but we're going to cut somewhere else. So the employer is still paying the same amount. Many workers could experience smaller, less consistent paychecks, a loss of flexibility and remote work options, Workers could be pushed to underground employment and lose workplace protections. There's a whole bunch of problems with it. But this is what happens. Chet and Yoder, all robots, AI or AL robot. Yeah. Okay. uh, Let let me back up to what um, Chet's talking about. So Al is from Hillsboro. Al sends me a note on the Wake Up Wyoming app. And, of course, it's Al, A-L. But I always look at it and it looks like AI to me. So I think... So you're saying that uh, Al is actually a role? Could be. But many of these people that I'm talking about will be either replaced or find lower wages. They're not going to benefit from this. But this happens once again when a bunch of bureaucrats in Washington, D.C. write rules for businesses. And none of these people have ever run a business. So they're writing law for something that they know nothing about which is why they should never be allowed to get involved in the business world at all and write rules like this. Stay out of it. Let's wake up Wyoming. In the last 11 years, 115 people died of weightlifting accidents in a gym. In that same 11 years, only one person died of eating a donut. Make good choices, people. The best talk show host in the state within his price range. Tune in to Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, weekdays at 6.
721 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Before I get to some of the comments I'm getting here, uh, real quick, I'm going to replay again what I played just going into the commercial break there. Because this is very important. This is the time of year when people have made New Year's resolutions. And by now, you've already broken about half of them. But I just want to make sure as you try to comply with New Year's resolutions, you're being safe about it. In the last 11 years, 115 people died of weightlifting accidents in a gym. In that same 11 years, only one person died of eating a donut. Make good choices, people. See, okay. So I'm just making making sure you're making good choices in, in 2014. All right. Now, yes, I'm advocating more donuts. Apparently, it's safer. Okay. Look, someone doesn't. Someone goes jogging, pulls something. They get shin splints. They get hit by a car. You know. Yet, if you're just sitting around eating donuts, what's going to happen to you? Well, for one thing, you got donuts. That's about it. So I think you're okay. All right, Mike and Casper. Morning, Mike. He said, "I don't like government arbitrarily making rules. It's not a one-page law written by Congress. It doesn't count." Well, there. See, this is where I'm. Years I've been complaining about. Decades I've been complaining about this. So we have a fourth branch of government now. They're unelected. They're bureaucrats. And blame Congress. Now, some years ago here in Wyoming, I had a, a lady that was a representative in Wyoming House for Representative, a very sweet lady. She's not with us anymore, but she came on the program because she was trying to fight to get something back. She had helped pass a law in Wyoming that would have just made food safe. Make sure Wyoming food is safe is basically what the law said. And then they gave the power to the bureaucracy here in Wyoming to write the rules to make that happen. And it got out of hand. We almost lost our farmers markets. For restaurants that like to grow a garden in the backyard and serve that as their salad, they wouldn't be able to do that anymore. Local stores, even grocery stores, that have local Farmer, farm fresh stuff from right up the road. Wouldn't be able to do that anymore. And so I asked her on air, how did this happen? Well, uh, we wrote this law and asked them to write the rules to make it happen. And that's how it is. So, well, you just gave them lawmaking authority. And then I explained to her my definition of a law. You won't find this in a dictionary. It's my definition of a law. If I have to do it or else, or if I'm caught doing it and I'm punished, it's a law. What you did was you gave lawmaking authority to bureaucrats. And, of course, it gets out of hand because all they do then is every day they show up to work and they sit down in their little cubicle and their job is to dream up the next part of this law. And it just, of course, it gets out of hand real fast because that's all they're supposed to do day after day is write the next rule, write the next rule, write the next rule without end. What do you think is going to happen? It's going to get really stupid really fast. Also, many times, this happens in Washington, D.C., too. They hand over lawmaking authority to the bureaucrats. And in many cases, these are people who have no idea about the industry that they're writing about. Right now, whatever industry you're in, there's a bunch of bureaucrats in D.C. who have never done the job that you do. Ever. And yet their job is to sit there and write rules, which are laws about your job every single day they show up for work and they sit around dreaming up the next law about what you do that's why government has so screwed our healthcare system 
yeah, they do talk to healthcare consultants and so on, but for the most part, it's a bunch of people who know nothing about healthcare, how it works, writing laws about healthcare. This is one of the reasons I say the best way to fix all of this is to not allow government to get so big and powerful. Keep them out of it. A few basic rules are good. Other than that, stay out of it. So no, government should not be sitting around trying to figure out what the minimum wage should be and what benefits should be and everything that they think should be fair. That's between you and your employer. Now, for those who missed the first hour this morning, I started off by talking about not just the president of Harvard University finally resigning, but members of Congress that walk out with so much money, and it's not possible for them to be able to make that much money on the stock market, but they do somehow. It's almost like they had inside information. So how are they able to do this? Well, who writes the rules? They do. So they can just make it not illegal for them to do things that are illegal for you to do. And they get away with it. And yet add that to the list of reasons as to why I say government shouldn't have that much power. We shouldn't allow government to do too much and have this much power. Now you see what happens. Not only do they meddle in your life and your business if you're a business owner or even if you're not and in your business, in your home, in how you raise your kids, in your schooling, in what vehicle you drive, in how you power your house. I mean, name it, government's getting involved in it when they're not supposed to be involved in most of any of these things. And it happens because we've allowed these people to just go roughshod when it comes to writing the rules. And the worst of it is when they gave the authority to the bureaucracy. You thought it was bad enough when Congress was out of control writing laws. Now the bureaucracy can, and all the bureaucracy does, again, guys show up. They have meetings. They have little committee meetings. But for the most part, they just show up and they sit in their little cubicles and they just write the next law. And there's very little oversight and very difficult to get rid of it, too. If we were to fix anything in this country, step one, take most of that power away from the bureaucracy. Bureaucracy should be enforcers of laws, not lawmakers. In fact, shut down and get rid of most of the power of government. And I don't care if you're liberal or conservative, whatever the case is, the problem is... We have an out-of-control government. People who have no experience in anything outside of government, they think that they know how to run your business in your life. And that's all they do all day long is write the next rule regarding you. And they don't even know you. They don't even know that you exist. But they're writing laws regarding every little thing that you do. This is what happens when we let... What was supposed to be a limited government get out of control like it has been. Coming up on 730 local news coming away right after local news update on the weather forecast. Then you and I get back into it again. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number. That's eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S. Don Day's coming up seven forty five. Couple more days of nice weather, then things really start to change. Not suddenly and brutally, but we're gonna get eased into it. He's gonna explain that live on air at seven forty five, wake up Wyoming.
is just happy to be here. Catch Glenn Woods on Wake Up Wyoming, weekdays at 6 on air, on Alexa, and on the Wake Up Wyoming app. Seven thirty-six. The Times. Wake up, Wyoming. Okay, so we were talking about this earlier this morning, but now it's working its way up the food chain in news departments, and nothing really. I, we'll see what happens with the obsolete, irrelevant press. You know, ABC News, NBC, CNN, et cetera, et cetera. You know, see if they. What does MSNBC do with it? But okay, story we started talking about first thing in the morning. The former president of Harvard University, Claudia Gay, she is no longer president of Harvard. She resigned. I have a headline in front of me right now. Great news. Claudia Gay will keep her nearly $1 million salary as she resigns. Now, it it varies as to how much. Uh, see, she won't be leading the Crimson, okay, right? Outgoing Harvard president will still likely earn nearly 900000 a year. So you hear people say near a million dollar salary. So, okay, the actual salary she was earning as president, $879,079. Okay, that's what she was earning. And she's probably going to be able to keep all or most of that. Okay. So the story that I just related to you a little while ago, which was sent to me, uh, is now again working its way up the food chain here. But let's see. It's going to be interesting to me who actually reports this story. What does MSNBC do with it? And if they do talk about it, they'll say, well, it's great that she continues because they'll defend her, right? What do other news organizations do with this? The story says Harvard University president's resignation over plagiarism will be just the beginning of the reckoning. House GOP conference chairwoman told the Post Tuesday, vowing that Republicans will carry out long overdue cleansing of higher education. It's institutional rot, she said. The Harvard Corporation should have focused or forced this resignation immediately after that congressional hearing months ago. But they failed, and that became clear. By the way, this is something I had mentioned earlier, that among some of the biggest Ivy League universities, there's a lot of people who are just not going to send their kids there. They've just had enough, and they're not sending their kids there anymore. And it has to do with a lot of the woke ideology, anti-Semitism, all sorts of – it's just they're going to corrupt your kids. They really are. So it's a shame. Because Harvard and Yale and places like that used to be some of the greatest universities on the planet. But this kind of garbage has taken over. Now, it's happening in your churches, too. Here's a headline I just came across. United Kingdom Methodist Church drops the term husband and wife. Okay. Look, if they want to change how they see things, uh, fine. It's their church. They can do whatever they want. But I've often wondered that people who, in this case, become Christians and they want to stick to the Bible as we're going to do things biblically. That's how we're going to live. And every so often, some church strays from that. Did the church just leave you? Are you going to remain loyal to that? I'd like to see how people 
work with that? What, what happens when you want to live a certain lifestyle? You could say that you want to be a Christian and live according to the Bible, but your church is strained from that. What then? Do you go find a different church? It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, too, because your uh, church is changing a lot over the years and not doing what they originally said that they were constructed for. So if that helps with membership, hey, but a lot of people are going to look at this and say, but we're supposed to be following the biblical way and you're not. So I guess I have to go somewhere else. It's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the next few years as wokeism has taken over the church as well. Do some people embrace that or do other people just say, never mind and go somewhere else? I think a little bit of both. But how it plays out totally is just going to be, I think, to me, really interesting. Can't even say husband and wife anymore, huh? Okay. Well, I I mean, and I could get into the uh, Unitarian Church and so many others. Hey, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I'm more of the libertarian guy. You go ahead and do what you want. Not my business. I just get a little confused when you say you're going to do things a certain way, but then you're not. You say you're going to live a biblical lifestyle, but then what you're actually doing is completely the opposite of that. Uh, to me, that's very confusing. But, you know, it's your life. is not my business. So I'm just going to sit back and watch with interest. But I'm not going to criticize it other than to scratch my head and go, but what you're saying you do and then what you do are two totally different things. All right. Don Day coming up in just a moment from now because this weather is about to start changing on us. And it's not going to be a slap in the face, but it is going to be a big change. He's up next. Wake up. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. Make your voice heard at 888-97-WOODS. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Seven forty-five is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. So, Don, typically around a certain time of year, we're walking along, enjoying, you know, maybe some nice fall temperatures, and all of a sudden, like we're sucker punched, slapped to the ground. And that was winter going, hey, here I am, whack. This time, though, it sounds like it's just coming easing in. It is. We're going to start to see the weather change tomorrow and Friday with finally a breakdown of this high-pressure ridge then. My goodness, you know, once we got past that storm that happened around Christmas and just after Christmas, we've had nothing. But uh, we are going to see a couple of systems move in, one mainly getting southern and western Wyoming. Late tomorrow, Friday into early Saturday, then a stronger front Sunday into Monday, then a stronger front mid to late next week. Now, these fronts aren't Pacific. They're Canadian. So this long stretch of mild, really nice weather is not going to last much longer. Okay. Now, when this comes in, it does, since it's not Pacific, that means it's not dragging a lot of snow with it. Not a lot, but some. Mm-hmm. So so the best way to describe it is, is, is it going to snow? Yes. Uh, we do see snow chances starting with these first two systems going up, especially in the mountains that really need this snow. Just ask any skier or snowmobiler. Uh, but there will be some light snow on the plains, just enough to grease up roads and highways. But when you're dominated by Canadian or Arctic air, you just don't have a lot of water to work with. But what may end up happening over a period of time, starting this weekend into next week and the week after, is the frequency of these fronts will be enough that the snow will will add up over time 
but it's not your big dump type snow events that we see. But the cold could be really significant mid to late next week. Okay, so this tells me reach deep into the back of the closet, pull out the heavy stuff, and just get used to wearing it for a while. Yeah, we haven't had prolonged cold yet this winter, uh, but this is it. Yeah. Uh, this is what, and, and like like you said, it's not going to happen all at once. But we're going to start to ease into it this weekend and early next week. Mid to late next week is in the was when we expect a really cold. Okay, so here's the good news, Don. For those people who have not been able to keep their New Year's resolutions and they still have an extra layer or two of fat on their body, that's good. You said that, not me. Okay, I'm just trying to find something. You missed your New Year's resolutions, but that's okay. You will stay warmer through all of this. You're the smart one. Oh, okay, I'll go okay, with it. Okay, Josh, we'll go with it. <laughs> Eat the donuts, people. Go ahead, devour the donuts. It's going to keep you warm. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. You know what keeps you warm? Johnny uh, Walker Black Scotch. Really? really? Okay. Yeah. I'll take Try that on that. the rocks. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll keep you warm. Well, you don't have any fat on your body, so what do you know about Well, well no, I, that's why you get Johnny Walker Black that's on the rocks. Right. Okay. Uh, so, I, I did spend... This weekend, I went up Highway 20, and you might know there's some towns out there, let's say, like the town of Shawnee, the town of Lost Springs, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and then there's Manville, Manville and Lusk, yeah, Wyoming. Yeah, okay, yeah, so mm-hmm, yeah. I was enjoying that, but then I started to realize something. <clears throat> okay, uh, the town of Shawnee is population five. Maybe not even that much. Yes, and they, I think, probably look at Lost Springs, population six, and think, how the hell do you people handle six people? Well, yeah. I That's mean, just one over the top. That's well, too much. Well, well, it's either they are not producing more yeah. or, or they're losing more. Uh, something like that. Now, comparing the two towns, because I pulled into both of them and took pictures and so on. Now, the both towns have a public park, believe it or not. Both? Yes, but now... The town of Shawnee has a little playground area for probably the one kid that lives there. Okay. Okay. Now, the town of Lost Springs has what they say. There's a sign, Lost Springs Town Park, picnic shelter and restrooms and playground. So they're like, that one extra person puts them over the top. Okay. So they're gonna have to make the park bigger. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's it, it is bigger. Yeah. Now yeah. I don't know that anyone ever uses those picnic tables, and who the hell is going into the two toilets that they have there? His and hers, indoor. You know. Oh. Uh, now for for the town of Shawnee, when that kid is on the playground and he has to use the facilities, home is like ten yards away. Yeah. So you don't. Yeah. They they can get rid of that and give it and put it yeah. by the side of the highway or Doesn't something. Doesn't need yeah. that. Yeah. But I was looking at the town of Lost Springs going, what do you need the cover for in the picnic table? Who's eating there? There might be some people like you yeah. that pull over and take pictures and okay. then they want to have lunch. Maybe they do. Okay. Now, the town of Lost Springs, because they have that extra person, they have a sign on the highway that says Lost Springs population six. Mm-hmm. Shawnee doesn't have that. Oh, come on. They don't. Lost Springs put up on a billboard out in front of the town. Hi, Lost Springs welcomes you. Shawnee, you just drive right by. You don't even know. what What's that group of buildings falling apart over there? Well, maybe they want it that way. So uh, they they may, yeah. That Which is my point. I think Shawnee, population five, looks at Lost Springs, population six, and thinks, that's just too many damn people. Yeah, it's a big city. I don't know how you deal with all of that traffic out there. Oh, just... Leave us alone. 
Men's College Basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys came up with a great ending to their game last night with San Jose State in Laramie as a quail, a quail caught hit a fadeaway jumper at the buzzer to give UW a 75-73 win. Caught win one-on-one on that play and came through big time. He finished with 14 points. Cowboys, however, were on the ropes in this game. They trailed by as many as 17. They shot a measly 29% from the floor in the first half and 53% in the second half. At the same time, San Jose shot 51% from the field in the first half and just a pedestrian 33% in the second half. Sam Griffin once again was Wyoming's leading scorer with 23 points. The Pokes are 7 up and 7 down and 1-0 in Mountain West Conference play. They'll be in Albuquerque on Saturday to meet New Mexico. The Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will be in Logan tonight to meet Utah State. Cowgirls are coming off a 61-47 victory over Boise State in their Mountain West Conference opener over the weekend, so they're 6-6 six and six overall. Utah State is just not very good at all. They're 3-9. and nine. They've been crushed by a lot of opponents this year, and the last game, they were crushed by UNLV 107-68. to After tonight's game, the Cowgirls will visit the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. They'll be uh, coming up on Saturday. Junior college basketball, the Casper Collins men and women will be in Dawson, Montana on Friday. The men are 10 and six on the year. The women are 11 and four. The LCCC men sit at 10 and six and will host the Air Force prep on Tuesday. The LCCC women are six and eight. They will be at Trinidad, Colorado on Monday. Here's a rundown of some of the former University of Wyoming guys, how they did in the National Football League action over the weekend. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen, 15 of 30 for 169 yards throwing the football, but had two rushing touchdowns as the Bills kept their playoff hopes alive, beating New England 27-21. Cincinnati linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson with five tackles in their 25-17 loss to Kansas the city. Bengals are 8-8 eight and eight and are in serious danger of not making the playoffs. Las Vegas defensive back Marcus Epps had three tackles in their loss to Indianapolis. Denver Bronco defensive lineman Mike Purcell had three tackles in their 16-9 win over the Los Angeles Chargers. National Hockey League, the Colorado Avalanche beat the New York Islanders in Denver last night 5-4 in overtime. Nathan McKinnon scored the game-winning goal 32 seconds into the extra session. Avs are currently 24-11-3 and they lead the Central Division by one point. That's it in sports. So I, I just came across something on social media here. It's a picture of a a very attractive woman Mm -hmm. in a modern kitchen for the 1970s. Wood paneling, very loud patterns, yes, and avocado green for the appliances. Wasn't that the only color I think they made them back in the 70s was green? I think so. Here's what I hate. You know, I'm in a a partnership with a Cessna 172. It's an airplane that was built in 1970. Is it green? Yes. (laughs) I hate it, Frank. It's just, it's a Is very... Is it lime green it's a, or it's grass green? It's a very green? loud pattern. First off, it's not a solid color. It's a pattern, and it's lime green from the 1970s. Is it camouflage? Uh, it's, well, I could wear something that matched it. No, no, no. It's just horrible, Frank. What were we thinking back then? Paint the thing. God. yeah. No, I'm talking like the seat covers and so on. Oh. Yeah, I just... So I'm going to find something to cover them up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's watching. No. Everyone's looking out the window. Yeah, right? it's wake up oil. the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. It is a Wednesday. 
I know a lot of people were confused. Many people, not just one, not just Miss Mary, many people here at work thought that yesterday was Monday. Completely just screwed up everything. But, okay, today's Wednesday. Now, if you want to keep thinking it's Tuesday, you're really going to be surprised, delightfully surprised, when you show up for work Saturday and nobody's there. All right, we're going to get away from news for a while. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts. Bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. Instead, we're going to talk about an author that we have on the phone right now, a book signing, which is going to be Friday, December 24th in Casper, Wyoming. I think you're going to be, David, at the Wind City Books, right? Uh, hello, Glenn. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. I'm a big fan. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New I, Year. Uh, so uh, I did do a book signing at the Wind City Bookstore in Casper, and that's a that's a great store for yeah. any local people there. The next one that's coming up will be in Cheyenne on uh, January sixth, uh, from twelve to four at the New Barnes and Noble. Oh, so yeah. I'm excited about yeah. that opportunity. I I have to get into Cheyenne to see what the New Barnes and Noble looks like. I, I saw some pictures of it, but I haven't been inside yet. It looks like a really nice store. Yeah, it is. It really is. Okay, so let's talk about the new book that you have coming out here. What's the name of this? So the new book is called The Fertile Circle. Uh, Book one uh, was dealing with the city of Cheyenne, um, which a thousand years in the future I have as being uh, a West Coast metropolis of about 500 million people. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, the, the second book goes back to the Cheyenne region, where there's a large ring of fertile land around the city where a quarter of the food supply uh, for the world is produced. And there's a single dad with five children who's trying to protect his farm and food business from bankruptcy and some cartels who want to control it. And, um, yeah, it's uh, it's been getting some good reviews. I'm really excited about it. I look okay. forward to sharing it with people. Okay, so now you're going to be at the Barnes & Noble in Cheyenne, Wyoming. Now, again, let's give them not just the date, but the time that you're going to be there. Okay, it'll be from 12 to 4, uh, January 6th. 12 to 4. Which is a Saturday. January 6th, which is a Saturday. So a uh, chance to go in and, and hear you're going to be speaking there or just signing books? Oh, just signing books. Okay. Where can people find some other works that you've put out? Do you have a website for everybody? Yeah, I do have a website. The website is davidabushauthor.webador.com. I'm also on Amazon. You can read about my bio on Amazon and purchase both of the books on Amazon and a couple of local bookstores. We mentioned uh, Wind City Books in Casper and uh, The Wanderer on Gilchrist in Wheatland. Both of those stores are awesome bookstores. I highly recommend going and roaming around and spending some time there. And then hopefully uh, after January 6th, Barnes & Noble and Cheyenne will be carrying some books also. I haven't been into the one in Wheatland. Is that that's a bookstore? Yes, sir. It's a real nice uh, bookstore downtown. Um, great owners and staff and uh, a great place to visit. Okay. I'll have to go in and check them out. I've, I've been, I'm in and out of Wheatland from time to time, but I haven't swung in and seeing that they've had a bookstore in there, so I'll make sure to go ahead and do that. How? What's the best way to describe the kinds of books d- that you write? Is it one particular genre, or do you tend to yeah, branch out? 
I call these uh, futuristic Christian thrillers. They're at least a thousand years in the future. Um, they're clean. They're action. Uh, there's a threat of romance. Um, and um, it's it's probably leaning more towards the sci-fi genre mm-hmm. in a, with a Christian theme to it. Okay. So, again, let's get them to the book signing. So you're going to be on the 6th, okay. Cheyenne, Wyoming, at the Barnes & Noble at what time? From 12 to 4, and for those who aren't familiar, that new location is up by Lowe's and Coles, uh, just above, uh, just north of the mall, mm-hmm. and uh, fairly easy to find. Yeah. And I uh, look, look forward to seeing people there. Okay. Dave, thanks for coming on this morning. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Glenn. Have a great day. All right. So, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Caution. Danger time. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in, and let's do this thing. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. You can talk about what I'm talking about, change the subject. As usual, I covered a whole lot of topics today. That's... um really typical for this program here and a whole lot more including a prediction that was made before long time ago that miserably failed and they're trying to do it again if we had some global warming if we had some global warming it wouldn't be 20 below it wouldn't be 20 below if we had some global warming, if we had some global warming, I wouldn't be shoveling snow, I wouldn't be shoveling that blasted snow. If we had some global warming, if we had some global warming, I wouldn't have to drive this giant truck. Maybe I could drive a little commuter car. If we had some global warming, and when they sing Set the Flamingo Free, if you're watching the music video they put up some years ago for that song, there's a flamingo, a pink flamingo plastic, frozen into the snow and ice out there. Now, I wrote this, be- I, I played that because New York Times wrote, the New York Times once again is predicting the end of snow due to global warming. Now, they've already done this. <clears throat> this long time ago was predicted. First off, by a UK news source, New York Times picked it up. So here's the 2024 headline, and they show somebody standing basically in what looks like a desert area, and they're holding a snowboard, and they look really depressed because there's nothing but sand below them. And the headline reads, The End of Snow. Now, flashback 2014, New York Times predicted the end of snow. Despite end of snow predictions, New York Times ski resorts are booming, by the way, in New York Times. Now, I know here in Wyoming, we've been through a bit of a dry patch here, and here's why. All around us, winter weather has been doing just fine. There's been a lot of rain, a lot of snow. In fact, even uh, those folks over in uh, Nebraska and South Dakota got a whole big blizzard just a few days ago. 
In fact, even here in Wyoming, I was just over in Lusk. Just back we I had Saturday, I had breakfast in Lusk. They're, they got piled, they got buried. I know that you and Douglas got some of that. And as I head through like uh, Manville, you know, and, and over to Lusk, you continue eastward. Neck, and that's one of the several fingers that got, I think, um, Torrington, you got some of that too, didn't you? But not everybody did. Other places, we got a powdering at best. It's because there was a high-pressure system sitting over top of us, and it sat here for a while. It was just kind of stuck. And that high-pressure system kept a lot of winter out of where we are here in some of the western states. But now that's moving away. And I just, at 745, talked to Don Day about this, and he talks about that system moving away and opening the door to Canada. Now, because Canadian weather is coming down, Canadian cold, so temperatures are about to drop over the next, well, as we get through this weekend, temperatures are going to drop considerably. But because it's coming straight down from Canada, that doesn't bring a lot of wet with it. Will it bring some snow? Sure. But not a whole bunch of snow with it. But we're still going to get just one system after the next and one light little snowstorm after the next. Now, if that system, if the highs and low pressure systems were lined up a different way, then a lot of this would be coming from the Pacific, bringing moisture with it, which means we would be getting piles of snow. It's not the end of snow. It's just the way the systems line up. It has nothing to do with CO2 or methane. Flashback to 2000. Snowfalls are now just a thing of the past. Children just aren't going to know what snow is. UK independent. I know I've read that one to you many times over. And yet it's continued to snow since then. Let's see. Steve Malloy, a late Christmas present from the New York Times with uh, the, to beat the climate hoax. February 7th marked the 10th anniversary of the New York Times 2014, the end of snow. So for the New York Times, you know, if they're saying it's the end of snow, 10 years ago, back in 2014, they predicted the end of snow, and we're still getting snow. Yeah, 13 snow stories from the hottest year winter to New York Times, end of snow op-ed. Uh, here's January 1st of this year. South Korea gets the heaviest snowfall in 40 years. Uh, December 30th, Greenland snow accumulation at same levels from 1981 and 2010. Let me do that again. Greenland snow accumulation in this past December. Same levels as 1981 and 2010. Okay. And I have a picture of South Korea's capital. Record heaviest single day of snowfall for 40 years. And yet they're still doing this. They're still trying to... Shove that, you know, the end of snow. I guess they expect that we're going to forget it. The younger generation didn't hear of it, so they're hearing this for the first time. But the rest of us, now we remember you saying that. Ain't no way you'll ever find me behind the wheel of an electric car. I want that 10 miles per gallon. Oil leaking. No muffler having. Screaming V8 driving down the highway. Sure, this show is sustainable. We sequester all gas emissions to one room. Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods, live on AM 1030 and FM 95.1, weekdays at 6. 822 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, here we go with banning plastic bags again. 
never ends with these. But we just went through this in, in Wyoming with someone who wanted to ban plastic bags. This was down in, in the Cheyenne area that this was going on. And it we get to keep our plastic bags is a short story. I really hated the idea during the entire discussion. People kept saying these single-use plastic bags. We talked about this on the air. I collect them and use them again and again for all sorts of different things. Here's the latest. Environmentalists, and I hate calling them environmentalists because they're really not, but all right, have convinced government leaders to impose all sorts of regulations and bans over the years in an effort to reduce pollution and protect the environment. Unfortunately, a lot of what they do is misguided, but all right. Some of these efforts have been more effective than others, the story says, while some simply are nonsensical. Among the more widespread efforts showing up in many states around the country has been the push to do away with disposable plastic shopping bags in favor of paper, reusable, or cloth bags. Well, now, these are the same people who fought to get rid of paper bags and still are. And the cloth bags have their problems, too. But, all right, that particular plan has been spreading across Maryland recently. The story says with several counties and cities ushering in new laws this year, forbidding retail outlets from using plastic bags when ringing up sales. Shoppers will either have to opt for paper bags or bring their own reusable bags to the store with them. But how effective will each ban be? Will it really make any difference? Well, from CBS Baltimore. The county's Bring Your Own Bag Plastic Reduction Act went into effect Monday. Shoppers in the county, retailers, will no longer be afforded, again, single use. They put it in quotes because it's not a single use thing. Retailers will offer paper or reusable bags for the purchase. I've got to remember to bring my bag, says one shopper. Other than, um, and one uh, county law went into effect January 1st of this year, along with similar bans in the area. So, okay. The the story goes on to talk about how it really doesn't work and oftentimes gets reversed, but we'll see what they do. The, once again, it's people trying to make your lives as inconvenient as possible with the idea that they're doing something good to save the planet. And yet, like many things, that they actually trace it, it's not what they think it is. Even these bags that we use, today, the plastic bags that we use today, often are made out of different materials. So when they say, well, it doesn't. It doesn't biodegrade. Actually, it does. A lot has changed in plastic bags. You should look into that. Now, another one, I'm glad we got rid of that for you folks in Cheyenne. You were fighting that. And for now, anyway, they'll come back. But for now, anyway, it's gone away. Now, another story that I'd come up with, and I teased it, but I I dropped it on my wake up, well, on my personal uh, Facebook page this morning. And I'm getting a lot of reaction to it. There is a picture here on my Facebook page. It's a tube with some contraption attached to the bottom of it. It's not very big. And it's inside a greenhouse. And it says, this is a picture of a CO2 generator. Listen to that carefully. A CO2 generator used by commercial growers to increase the CO2 in the building and so speed up and increase their crop yields so crops grow faster, but also thicker, greener, lusher, more fruits, more vegetables. Plants adore CO2 as well as the warmth. 
we rely on the plants for oxygen. Nature is a wonderful thing. And then it asked people to share that. So now I'm getting just loads of comments on this. I was really surprised how many people have commented on this in a positive way and shared stories that go along with it, including the NASA story, which talks about how CO2 is actually greening the earth. One of the reasons I'm surprised that so many people are responding to it is oftentimes if I put something like this on my own social media, Facebook flags it. Yeah, well, because I'm talking about CO2 in a positive light. So for some reason, this got around the, I shouldn't say this into the microphone. They could be listening. But so far, this has gotten around the Facebook editors. I just put it up about an hour ago, and already it has 28 shares and a whole slew of comments and more comments coming in and more shares going out. So that's pretty good for something that's only been up for like an hour on Facebook. It'll get, I'll see how far it goes. I want to check in this over the next uh, couple of days to see how far that spreads because the more people who share it, the more people will see it and share it. And somehow or other, that got back past the Facebook censors. I'm really surprised about that. Again, I posted other things, too, being positive about CO2 and how it's not a pollutant. And they tend to flag it and blur it out. Well, our independent facts checkers have found that this is false information. And, of course, it's not. But, okay, glad that one got around. And, by the way... If you decide to put up a greenhouse in your backyard, you can go ahead and purchase online a CO2 emitter to pump more CO2 into your greenhouse to have your plants grow not just faster, but thicker, greener, lusher, with more fruits and vegetables. It's worth looking into, especially if you're trying to grow in Wyoming, which can be tough to do. It's a good idea to have a greenhouse in a state like this. All right, coming up on some local news. Update on your weather forecast right after that, which includes snow, by the way, New York Times and UK Independent. And then more open phones. Nice long segment of it. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number, 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Wake up, Wayne. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. All right, 836 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday for those who lost track. Find a lot of people did because of where New Year's landed on Monday. Phone lines open, 888-97-WOODS, that's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. And if you hear me talking to people, and I didn't hear a call. Yeah, the show's weird that way. But no, you can do, you can go ahead and send me a text message. Use the Wake Up Wyoming app. Free at your app store, just go to your app store, Wake Up Wyoming, it downloads. A lot of things, a lot of features with that app. One of them is hit the chat mode and send me a text message and they answer back uh, both on air and off air. Real quick here in Wyoming, feds offer alternative route for new power lines. Now, one of the problems when it comes to putting up all of these wind farms all over the place is we also have power lines all over the place. I mean, all over the place. It's really getting obnoxious. There was much less of a footprint 
when we were just using coal and natural gas to produce energy. But when you have multiple wind turbines all over the place, well, you got to have power lines leading out from the wind farms. So, okay, here's the story. Federal officials are revising the 2009 initiative that encourages developers to co-locate new electric transmission lines across the West, including in Wyoming, in hopes of minimizing landscape and wildlife impacts while also accommodating the uh, wind and solar industries. U.S. Bureau, I, I edited that. It said renewable energy, but it's not, so I'm not going to use that. U.S. Bureau of Land Management's West Wide Energy Corridor Program. They're trying to streamline right-of-way permitting inside some 5,000 linear miles of federal lands, possibly making the task of Wyoming right-of-way for power transmission lines. The federal agency is now integrating recent resource management updates to include, among other things... Here we go. Here we go. Ready? New climate and environmental justice parameters. <sighs> New climate and environmental justice parameters. Now we got to define what that means. The agency has also identified several areas in the West where it will consider tweaking routes, including one in Wyoming. The BLM is... Well, they're looking for an alternative route. A 68-mile section of the 438-mile priority corridor is already established in the state. It stretches from Juan Sutter south to Colorado along a path that's several miles west of the BLM existing priority transmission corridor in the region. So the proposed climate corridor is, let's see, 138-134 Juan Sutter. Oh, it gives the address here. Okay. The regional, this is a quote, the regional review concluded that the recently authorized Trans-West Express Transmission Project right-of-way route is a preferable pathway for future potential energy development. So I understand as they do this, they have to, and the story goes on, this is uh, quite a long story here from Wildfile. So if you want to go ahead and take a look at it, there's a lot of really good detail in it but here once again as they try to do this as they keep putting up more and more wind and they want to get solar farms in there as well uh, we end up with transmission lines all over the place and it's just between the wind farms and then soon a lot of solar farms and all the transmission lines what used to be beautiful open landscape especially when it comes to the nature we love to see roaming wild and free is getting really cluttered. All right, triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number eight 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 ninety seven W O O D S changing topic here. One of my all time favorite broadcast heroes and I have one of his books in the studio here is John Stossel. I'm just gonna play you a little bit of his latest video. Cause now he's just decided to go straight to YouTube. You know, for everything. And he's semi-retired anyway. He's got he's got plenty of money. And so as he's uh, introducing this one, that's what I'm going to play, just the introduction. The whole thing is like a six-minute video. But it has to do with those people who are the makers and those people who are the takers in our world. And those people who are the takers seem to have, in their minds, put themselves in a position where they have the moral high ground. The world is filled with makers and takers. I present to you the Cybertruck. 
Makers create cool products like Teslas. Some makers get rich. Elon Musk is now the richest person in the world. The takers are often politicians. We must substantially increase this tax. Politicians take other people's money and spend it the way they want. That's a lot of money. And I want to make sure it's there to hit on the climate crisis. Elizabeth Warren and Elon Musk may be the best examples of maker and taker. It is time for a wealth tax. She's one of the big takers. We're going to hold the big guys accountable. The person whose wealth she most wants to take is Elon Musk. How much did Elon Musk pay that year? We actually saw his taxes that year. And the answer is he paid zero. Zero was true one year because Musk didn't realize income that year. But at the time Warren said that, Musk had to pay the government $12 billion, more tax than anyone's paid in history. Elon Musk is set to pay the single largest tax bill ever. Warren wanted Musk to give the government more than $12 billion? Three, two, one. Musk does things that government's unable to do. He invented the world's best rockets. NASA's given up building spaceships itself. Even the bureaucrats understand. Government workers can't do it. Now, there's a lot more to that video. And if you want to go ahead and find uh, John Stossel on YouTube, you'll find videos like that on there. And that's something that did. Growing up in Florida, you know, Kennedy Space Center is right there, uh, right on the other coast from where I was going. I could see rockets going up from where I lived on, on the west coast of Florida all the time. And the space shuttle going up, things like that. Always very impressive. But now it's true that NASA always did things by outsourcing them to private industries. But NASA got so bureaucratic, it couldn't... We were going to Russia to launch because of government bureaucracy. When someone does step out and do great things and achieve great things, and it's not just, you know, Musk. There's so many other people out there, millionaires and billionaires out there, that got rich like that because they did great things. They provided us with things that we wanted or needed. And because they became masters of those industries, uh, they became stinking rich because of it. Those are the people who are the achievers in our world and got rich because they did great things. Then there are the takers out there. They still getting rich. They're still getting rich, but you're Elizabeth Warren's and of course you're Bernie Sanders types and you're Ocasio-Cortez types who are all still getting rich, but they're not getting rich because they actually created anything. In fact, if anything, they've never created at all. They've just taken. They're filled with rhetoric, but they've never actually creating anything that you or I or anybody else benefits from. Just, just I think, worth noting the difference between the takers and the makers and who's more valuable to us. You have to stop trying to convince yourself that Wyoming isn't real. Wyoming is real. How else could you explain this emptiness? You can see for miles and miles. You can run, but you can't hide. It's so quiet here. Nobody to hear you if you scream. There's like nobody. It's really quiet here. 
covering world-ending catastrophes for years to come. It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Find content, chat live, and listen on demand on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 48 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off we go to the icebox. Frank Gambino is waiting by. So, Frank, and just what little I do listen to you when you're doing sports, because to me it sounds like the adults on uh, on the Charlie Brown cartoons. Yeah, we're, we're yeah. We, except we're not like we're you know like they, where the teacher would talk and it would yeah. sound like they're scratching. That's that's all I hear when you're doing sports. But it does sound to me like you're switching sports in high school that we're into all new sports now. Pretty much basketball for high yeah. school, wrestling, okay. Nordic skiing, mm-hmm. uh, oh, alpine skiing, I the boys swimming. Those Nordic skiers. Okay, so I did stop by. Now, you're going to find this hard to believe. You're going to laugh, but I stopped by my gym. I didn't do anything, but I stopped by my gym anyway. So yeah. I can say I, so I achieved my goal of going. To, I said I was going to go to the gym. And you so you didn't say you were going to actually work out. <laughs> no, I wasn't going to do anything. You're crazy. But I'm looking out there, and I see that a bunch of skiers that all look high school age mm-hmm. have come down into the parking lot. The school bus arrives, and they all get off, and they're carrying their skis and other equipment, and they're waiting for their parents to pick them up. Okay. And I thought, oh, okay, so these are local youth that go up on the mountain to practice up there. Well, yeah, they're, they're both of the Casper High Schools, you know, uh, our, the, the Nordic Trail system on, on Casper Mountain is fantastic. Yeah. You know, uh, they've been waiting for some snow. You know, but right. it's it's fantastic, and and and, 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 and not just for for competitive meets, which I believe they're going to be one this this weekend, but for uh, anyone else who wants to go out there and ski at night. Yeah. Do, do they light that up at night? Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Go, go out there and just it's, it's like serenity now. Okay, I might have to go give that a try because the, the mountain Casper Mountain has had a lot of snow on it. Up top, up there. Yeah. I, yeah, it, yeah, they weren't. They couldn't have any races prior, prior to uh, you know the, the first of the year. You just got, you wait, and then and then and then they also do a wonderful job grooming those trails. I uh-huh. mean, when they when they have races up there, it's first class. Yeah. It's, it's first class, and those kids from both of those high and this is you know uh, you know enough schools have it. You know, not not every school is going to have like cross country skiing or alpine skiing, but you yeah. know what? The ones that do, they're they're serious about this okay. stuff. It's you, cool. You ever go up there and just walk it in the summertime? I've I've walked the uh, the Braille Trail. Yeah, I've walked up uh, by the by the waterfall over there. Okay, you know. Yeah, the, no. Walking, I've walked up by the waterfall, but walking the ski trails, I thought was actually really nice. I, it's a very pretty area any time of year. Oh yeah, it's great. Can't beat it. All right, men's college hoops: the Wyoming Cowboys with a great ending in their game with San Jose State in Laramie last night. A quail caught hit a buzzer-beating fadeaway jumper to give UW a 75-73 win. He went one-on-one right from the get-go on that last possession and came through big time. He finished with 14 points. Cowboys, however, were on the ropes in this game. They trailed by as many as 17. They shot a measly 29% from the floor in the first half and 53% in the second half. At the same time, San Jose shot 51% from the field in the first half and a pedestrian 33% in the second half. Sam Griffin once again led Wyoming with 23 points. The Pokes are 7-7 overall. 
overall. One at Owen Mountain West Plate. They'll be on, on the road at New Mexico coming up on Saturday. The Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team will be in Logan tonight to meet Utah State. Cowgirls are coming off a 61-47 victory over Boise State in their Mountain West Conference opener over the weekend. They're 6-6 six and six overall. Utah State is not very good at all. They're 3-9 and nine and they were crushed by UNLV their last time out. 107-68 to 68. after tonight's game. The Cowgirls will visit the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs on Saturday. Juco basketball, the Casper College men and women will be in Dawson, Montana on Friday. Men are 10-6 and six and the women are 11-4. The LCCC men out of Cheyenne sit at 10-6 and six and they will host the Air Force Prep on Tuesday. The LCCC women are 6-8. and eight. They'll be at Trinidad in Colorado coming up on Monday. Here's a rundown of the, some of the former university women guys that did in the National Football League over the weekend. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen, 15 of 30 for 169 yards, two rushing touchdowns as the Bills kept their playoff hopes alive, beating New England 27 to 21. Cincinnati linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson had five tackles in their loss to Kansas City 25-17. The Bengals are 8 and 8 in danger of not making the playoffs. Uh, Las Vegas defensive back Marcus Epps had three tackles in their loss to Indianapolis. Denver Bronco defensive lineman Mark per, uh, Mike Purcell had three tackles in their 16-9 win over the LA Chargers. NHL, the Colorado Avalanche beat the New York Islanders in Denver last night 5-4 in overtime. Nathan McKinnon with a game-winning goal 32 seconds in to that extra session. The Avs are currently 24-11-3 and they lead the Central Division by a single point over Winnipeg and that's it. Let's go back to that first story. What kind of uh, basketball shot was that? You, you know, he, he, he took this jumper. One guy was right in his face uh-huh. and he just kind of, you know, you kind of got to go backwards a little bit to give yourself some space. Oh, okay. So they call it a fade away. Oh, and okay. he hit it, it. And the bench erupted and everyone in the, in the, in the crowd erupted and that's what, that, mm. that's, it's, it's kind of like, you know, that, that shining moment. Yeah, it is. Okay. That so one shining moment. So he'll be bragging about this when oh, he's forever. in his 50s. Yeah. Forever, yeah. I feel bad yeah. for his family. No, no, it's a good, it was a good shot. <laughs> it's Wake Up Wyoming. Six is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, and it is a Wednesday, not a Tuesday, because Monday screwed you up. I know it did. Over the hump we go. It'll be the weekend before you know it. Today's show is sponsored by Squid Flavored Donuts, bringing the flavor of the ocean to your breakfast pastry. So I have a lot to go through, but you can go ahead and interrupt me if you want to. 888 woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Talk about what I'm talking about. Change the subject. Fine by me. Three stories I have lined up for you. Trigger warning. Warning. This show contains reference to guns, liberty, limited government, low taxation, the cult of climate change, free thinking, cigar smoking, short people, rubber chickens, Karen's bureaucracy, liberal buzzwords, tour runs, traffic, toilets, terrible jokes, and more. 
No apologies will be issued. Guest callers may express any opinion they want without fear of being canceled. Unless you're a loudmouth jerk like Dave, then Glenn will hang up on you. Strap in, hold on to your coffee, and feel free to participate. This disclaimer does not refer to every person named Dave. Just one particular Dave from San Francisco. We know a lot of Daves. They call this show all the time, and they're great people. So don't call this program and complain that we use your name. That would be a real Dave move, Dave. Yeah, and triple eight ninety seven Woods is the phone number. Okay, first story I have lined up for you. Just a question for you. This is from my friend, co-worker down the hall, Drew Kirby. Asking a good question. We've talked about it, but it has been, it's been a while. What do you think of Wyoming having a driver's license go digital? Kind of right away, some people, there's a few people out there. I don't have one of those newfangled tele-old phone things. Right? But, okay, but for those who do. And then you could also wonder, what happens if my battery goes dead and I get pulled over? All right, bye. Here's the story. Good chance you'll be reading this article on your mobile device. And Drew writes, and he's right. While you're taking a quick break from work, whatever you might be doing. For most people, your phone is never more than two feet away from you. In fact, some people get phone anxiety if their phone is in the other room. Okay. When we leave the house, wallet, purse, keys, phone. I wonder why we even call it a phone anymore. Because out of all the applications on the device, the actual teleo phone part is the least used part. He writes, in the near future, you'll be able to eliminate your wallet and purse and keys. Now, that's true. <clears throat> okay. Think about it. Right now, I uh, went visiting my sister in Florida. She can open up the house with her phone. I've seen people start their cars with their phone. People will pay for stuff instead of using a credit card or debit card. They use their phone. So he's right. It gets rid of your wallet, your keys. Okay. I mean, all sorts of things disappear. Cameras, all sorts of recording devices, all sorts of things have been eliminated. And we now have this one little handheld device. Now, for those people who still don't use this stuff, trust me when I tell you, it's easy to use. It's so easy. It is so incredibly easy to use today's phones. I've heard people say to me, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not tech savvy. Well, you don't need to be with these things. They're really that easy. It'll be down, he writes, to only a phone check for whatever you do. Your financial cards, you and your phone wallet, okay. Newer cars can detect your phone as you, you don't have to do something on an application as you approach your car. You have your phone and your car knows it's you, so it opens it up. Uh, no more large bags, bulky wallets. Now, because the technology is here, doesn't mean you'll have to. Well, you'll get digital ID as well. Now, if you're thinking about hackers and so on, it's a little more difficult today to get into phones. If, Well, for instance, with me, my phone goes by facial recognition. So what you'll have to do is first knock me out. Then lift my face up. Don't don't. Don't break my face when you knock me out because you're going to need my face. And then you sit my face up and that my phone identifies my face and opens up. There's also thumbprint identifications, not just numbers and symbols, right? 2020, Governor Mark Gordon signed a bill authorizing digital driver's licenses here in Wyoming. So when he signed the bill, it put the ball in motion to take the next step toward putting your driver's license on your phone. 
if you so desire. At that point in time, it was said to be like two to five years for the digital license to become available. Well, if you look at the calendar, we're working on years four. So within the next couple of years, the plan will be reality. ID scan says it's going digital. It'll be a money. Yeah, it'll be something on your phone if you choose that if you need to present your driver's license to a police officer, let's say here it is on your phone. And if you think it will, so it would look like your regular driver's license, maybe not. But we'll see. Wyoming mobile driver's licenses are expected to generate an extra $640,000 a year for the government, assuming around 160,000 driver's licenses are created. They're guessing here. About 30% of the residents in Wyoming, if they participate, the cost of a digital driver's license will be $10, with the physical license being $10 as well. So if you want both, there's $20 for you. Currently, there's only a handful of states with digital ID. There's up to 30 that are working on making that happen. Okay. So, no, I take a look at that, and I think um, I can just see it going that way. I I understood that. Things are just going to get more digital. And I also wonder, think about back when, before the cell phone was what it was today. We still had cell phones, but it wasn't what we have today. Did you imagine what we're doing now? What do you think that's going to look like in another 10 or 20 years? Bet you wouldn't even recognize the cell phone. Chris and Casper here. I'm a cybersecurity analyst. Digital driver's license are usually terrible and end up being a big problem for governments who roll them out. So this is going to be interesting, Chris. Okay, let's head on over to the phones, which you can call in, by the way. 888-97-WOODS is the phone number. Hey, Jude. Hey, good morning. You were talking earlier about the power lines and stuff. Um. I was sitting in on one of their meetings. I can't remember if it was the finance committee or if it was the Rocky Mountain Power one. Um, I think it was the finance committee where they were discussing it. They're going to try to use what they call eminent domain to take property from people to put up these power lines and stuff. And as far as I understood, as an understudy of one of the best lawyers in this state, uh, that's for schools, hospitals, and roads and stuff like that not for power lines. So if they're going to take property, they're going to have to give them fair market value for it. They're not going to be able to just steal your property for these power lines. And if you notice, here's something else. Anytime you're driving around these power lines, uh, your radio, if you're listening like to your show, just buzzes like crazy. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine all the cancer patients yeah. that got cancer from power lines over above them. Yeah, some of these... I mean, uh, now, the, the bulk of the power lines I was talking about earlier this morning, that has to do with BLM land to get the major grid going, you know, uh, down from where the wind farms are to bring it down onto... Well, they, of course, they have to go to their battery farm after that. But these are major throughways that they're talking about. But still... If you do go to some places where there are wind farms, like look at the place that's north of Medicine Bow. What a mess that has become out there with all the turbines. You know, they tried that back in the 70s, Glenn. Yeah. Uh, My husband's dad worked for uh, the Bureau of Reclamation, and they tried the wind tower stuff back in the 70s, and it flopped back then. Yeah. And I noticed on the front uh, page of your station's uh, news, 
they're just now worrying about the birds that they've been killing. Yeah, that was well, my story. Yeah. With, yeah, I can hook them up with a guy who does uh, uh, rodent and all that stuff, takes them off your property, mm-hmm. and he can tell you what it's doing to the bat population. It's decimating it. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, I'm against all that, and I think you know it, but I'm um, sorry I didn't call all week. My brother died. Oh, I'm sorry um, to hear that. Yeah, and I'm all freaked out because I don't want to fly. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> I am. I am seriously horrified of flying. You are safer up there than you would be on the ground, trust me. Way safer. Yes. Oh, uh, since I've looked at the numbers, statistically speaking, you are so far safer in an airplane than you ever will be driving or taking a train. Trust me, it's the place to be. Yeah, because it goes from Casper to Denver and then to Detroit. Right. Now, yeah, see, there's why I, I would know. be scared. Being in Detroit would scare me. Oh, I grew up there. Yeah. I'm, I'm scared of Denver. <laughs> <laughs> No, you'll be fine on the airplane. It really is the safest way to travel, much All more right. so than any than anything else. The only thing you have to worry about is who they put you next to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Judy. All appreciate right. it. 916's the time. No, that's the scary part. Flying is really, it's as safe as it gets. Flying is extraordinarily safe. You are much safer up in the sky than being on the ground driving or in a train. Until you find out who you're going to be bunking with when you squeeze into your seat. Yeah, that gets obnoxious. Wake up. Got something to say? Call 888-97-WOODS or chat with Glenn on the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app from K2 Radio. 9.22 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, like Judy did. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Quick update. I knew this was going to happen. I said this the moment the program started. So if you hadn't heard, the Harvard University president, Claudia Gay, has resigned. All right. Uh, Talked about that, went through that early. Don't worry about it. She'll be fine because she still works at Harvard and she's still going to make well over $800,000 a year. So she'll be fine. Oh, they're not going to get rid of her. But I was waiting because at some point this was going to be blamed on racist conservatism. And yes, that's a, the story here says the left has to blame someone. Okay, they can't blame themselves. Media Democrats have already arranged a narrative that it was conservatives who were out to get her, and they succeeded. That's the story. That's the narrative that's being pushed right now, which has nothing to do with why she lost her job. It had to do, first off, with anti-Semitism and remarks she made at a hearing in front of Congress. It was that. Furthermore, it had to do with when you look into her past, you can see that, well, there's a history of plagiarism there. You know, other problems as well. That's why she lost her job. It's about time. It has nothing to do with, well, those conservatives didn't like a black woman being, that had nothing to do with it. Not a thing. But, of course, you knew they were going to bring that narrative out, so they had to. All right, so... There is, I had not, I'd seen pictures, wait, hang on, I got to go ahead and talk to Greg and Laramie about Elon Musk. Morning, Greg. Hey, morning, Glenn. Um, I'm almost in Michigan, just to, just to get the theme going back to uh, Michigan yep. and, and Judy and aviation. Yep. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about Elon Musk because there is some nuance there that, 
he ended up with, you know, the military said they were going to be out of making space planes, and 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 that's not necessarily true. So they they didn't really want to let that kind of technology go into the the public. I don't think. Right. Yeah. Which Elon Musk kind of took over the propulsion part. We didn't give up making space stuff. Uh, we made we make very high tech True. space, and uh, I do give I fault Elon Musk because so much of the money that he made was by charging government outrageous amounts of money. So you know, I, for, for all it did subsidies. now, but what he did do though that I have to give him credit for is NASA hated the idea of a reusable rocket system like Elon Musk has. Right, they didn't want to do that. And he didn't understand why is it every time you go to space you have to build a whole new rocket. That doesn't make sense. And there's other things that he came across that just said, why aren't we doing this or that? And so people give him credit as being the inventor. No, he's just the guy who says, why aren't we doing that? And he hired a bunch of engineers and so on to invent it for him. So he's the guy with the money saying, let's do it. And I give him a lot of credit for that. What I don't give him credit for is, man, he made a lot of money off the taxpayers. Well, yes, he did. And, yeah. and again, he, you know, if you look at NASA, NASA cannot afford to blow up rockets all the time. Yeah. Because the public won't have it. Right. Um, which is something to be said for the public because they have no spine either. So yeah. um, uh, it, it is an interesting thing. So you were in aviation and... You know, the SR-71 Blackbird's engines are still classified. Yeah. So there's some, you know, there's some There are some things, stuff. yeah. Yeah, the DOD is a very... Well, and, and it's not even just the rocket that Elon Musk has saved us a bunch of money on by reusing that same rocket over and over again, but also the capsules that he has, which are used again and again and again. Because with NASA, when they put a bunch of uh, people or cargo in a capsule, it's, it was a one-time use capsule. With Elon, they're going to use that thing until they can't use it anymore. Now, you do give NASA credit for the space shuttle. But even then, when you take a look at what it costs NASA to run the space shuttle as compared to what it costs Musk to run his capsules, he's saving us a ton of money. So I give him credit for that anyway. Also, he's the one. He was doing all of this in California, but California basically ran him out with rules and regulations. So that's where he finally had enough of that. I give him credit for that. Screw you, California. And he went to Texas. Well, again, polluting Texas is a thing to do. Yes. In my opinion. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> if Elon Musk wants to blast up Texas, go for have it. Have at it. It's mostly <laughs> desert anyway. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Don't blow okay. these out to the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> That's right. Maybe you'll make it to Florida, but I don't think so. All right. Safe driving, my friend. <laughs> All right, so let me get to the story that I had. Oh, I'm not going to be able to. Okay. The, I'll, I'll finish the story in the next segment, but here's here's basically what it is. So there's this wind farm, the Oscatillo, I think is how you pronounce it, wind farm. And this is in Southern California. And it was a big, speaking of desert, desert area. They put up a lot of wind turbines, and they had problems with them. Some of the wind turbines collapsed and fell down. And also, the wind in that area didn't blow as much as they were told it was going to blow. So they, most of the time, didn't produce much energy, if any at all, out there. Well, this wind farm, at a massive loss of money, is being dismantled. And they had a lot of turbines out there. I mean, uh, 
Last I looked, it was like 105 turbines. I think they exceeded that number. But anyway, I'll get to that story because it really is interesting what's happening with this wind farm that was supposed to be a wonder. All of these wind turbines way out there in the desert created all of this energy and none of it worked. And the taxpayers lost a ton of money, and they're dismantling the whole thing. I'll tell you all about it. But first, local news, update on your weather forecast. You and I get back into it. Triple A 97 Woods, the phone number, Wake Up Wyoming. Thirty-six the time. Wake up, Wyoming. All right, here's the story that I was teasing before we got into that news and information break there. A federal agency shut down a wind energy facility, wind farm, Southern California, pending an investigation into a mid-September collapse of a 260-foot wind turbine tower. The collapse is the second such incident to occur at the Ocetillo, if I'm pronouncing that right, wind energy facility, western Imperial County in in past few years. But local activists who want the wind farm permanently closed says the facility has been plagued with problems since 2012. U.S. Department of Interior's Bureau of Land Management September 20 suspended operations of the 265 uh turbine facility september 16th the collapse of turbine number 105 this is a lot 265 wind turbines think about how many that is out there the the plant is comprised of and it talks about the different kinds of turbines and towers and so on that are out there san diego gas and electric is the sole uh operator of the facility and they never did. See, they promised they were going to produce a certain amount of energy per year out of this wind farm, which is something that's very typical whenever they go to put up something like this. We're going to put up this wind farm. We're going to put up this solar facility. And they can potentially create this much energy per year. And it never comes anywhere near that for various reasons. This one never did. Spokesperson said in an email that the actual power deliveries from the plant uh, just don't match what they said capacity was. It never got anywhere near it. Quote, at this time, we do not know how long the facility will be offline. We're still gathering information. Uh, operation of the facility is suspended by the BLM until they will issue a notice on what they want to do at the place. And again, a lot of locals are just saying, take it down. Locals of act- activists have proposed their project since its inception, including oil leaks yeah, for those who keep that oil in the ground, uh, you know how much oil, a lot of oil is used for wind turbines, a lot. And there's leaks all over the place because when one of those things opens up and starts leaking, it's not a little bit. It's a lot. It goes streaming down the side of the the tower and right onto the ground. It's huge. Let's see. Uh, one turbine threw a blade. Another one caught on fire. 
A photograph from November 21st, 2016 depicts another collapse. So there's several have a collapse there. Wind facilities located about 30 miles west of the town that it's named after. And it's on about 12,436 acres of BLM land. Well, I'm so glad that you guys decided to put this thing up. Now, a gentleman who lives nearby decided to go out. This is the audio you're going to hear of the video that he shot. Because the whole facility has been shut down. Massive wind farm. It's all shut down. So he goes out there with his video cam or his cell phone, one or the other. Here we are at Ocotillo Wind, the last day of 2023, about 10 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely no generation. Ocotillo Wind going out with a bang with zero megawatts, not one turbine spinning. Ah, so it's Ocotillo Wind. So the camera, he, I actually got rid of all the gaps. I'm going to play that one more time, but there, he paused a lot. So I took the pauses out. That's why it sounds he did that a lot faster. He was panning through the video massive, massive wind farm facility covering over 12,000 and a half acres out in the middle of a desert somewhere, and nothing is turning. Here we are at Ocotillo Wind, the last day of 2023, about 10 o'clock in the morning. Absolutely no generation. Ocotillo Wind going out with a bang with zero megawatts, not one turbine spinning. Not one. And that can be quite typical for a lot. For those of you who see wind farms run this part of the country these days, how many times have you driven by and you look at it? There's times you see quite a few of them turning. But there's other times you look around and none of them are or most of them are not. You know, There's times I've looked at big wind farms out in this area and I went, wait, 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 wait. They got about 100 wind turbines up there and I see five moving. You know, That's happened as well. But this is supposed to be the reliable energy that we need. Now, just I'm going to... I'll make sure to do it as we get into this winter because I do it every single winter. We have some cold weather coming. Uh, as you as you heard, if you're listening to the forecast top, bottom of the hour, and the, my interview with Don Day, the cold weather is coming and soon. You got the rest of this week to enjoy, then we get into it. And when we really get into Arctic temperatures, man, you're going to be using your heater, aren't you? Yeah. Always remember, as you're keeping nice and cozy and warm in your house, it's not because of wind and solar. That's not what's keeping you nice and warm and cozy. Yeah, it's uh, natural gas. It's coal. That's what's doing it for you. And I'm going to remind you of that every single time we have a serious cold snap. Okay? Because I think... Now I do, I don't think you need to be reminded. But I do think that there's plenty of people out there who are nice and toasty in their homes who haven't been told yet what's really doing it. Things about Wyoming that would drive the rest of the world into a coma, part seven. To this day, you can still legally hang somebody that steals your horse. The smallest town in Wyoming actually has a population of only four people. The name of the town is Lost Springs, and the mayor there actually runs a bar called Lost Bar, so you can visit it if you want to. Wyoming is the self-proclaimed jackalope capital of the world. Wyoming is home to the windiest road in America, and that is I-80 between Lair and Rollins. Local and mobile across Wyoming and beyond with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio.
9.48 the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming, which means off the dice box we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Hey, Glenn, did you get a calendar for the new year? No. I I always do, and I'm, I'm tired of paying for them. Okay. You know, so I did, like, banks give them away, you know, no, and stuff I like that. just and... use my phone. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you don't like to look at the pictures and stuff like that? Well, no, that I do. I, I really do, but I just haven't needed one in such a long time. I just use my phone. Yeah, because, you know, now after the first of the year, supposedly the prices go down. Oh, really? Supposedly, oh, okay. yeah. Okay, so you buy calendars right after the first of the year when they're on sale. Right, Boy, you, I mean, you, your cheap bastardry constantly just astounds me. <laughs> you know what? Me. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm going to miss the half of the month, okay? Yes, okay. <laughs> you missed a few days here, okay. Hey, I have to sit corrected on something. I say hey. stand, but I'm not standing. No, right no. Now. Okay, so I'd said the town of Lost Springs, population six. Six. By the way, elevation... 4,996 feet. If I were the mayor of the town of Lost Springs, where are you measuring that from? I'm going to put an extra four feet of dirt there to get us up to an even five. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it turns out that someone has used that park in the picnic tables. Oh, okay. Charles Nye sent me a note. Hey, I've used those picnic tables in Lost Springs, a quick lunch break while looking for antelope. There you go. Okay. Now, on that note, my sister couple of years ago, came to visit, and we were in Casper, right near where the YMCA is, okay. and also that uh, uh, animal, you know, museum, the... Um, oh, the Warner Wildlife, yeah. Yes, okay. Up from there, from the Wildlife Museum. There's that little gazebo that yes. I've never seen anybody Annie. up there. So, Not because my sister and I have this kind of sense of humor... We loaded the whole family up with a picnic, and we hiked up there. Did you? And you, we, would be, you would be the first. Yes, in, we took pictures years. and videos of us having a picnic <laughs> up there because it has got to be, and it is classified, if you look at Casper, Wyoming, it's classified as a park. It's on there. If you look at Casper Parks, it is a Casper Park. <laughs> Like you, I have you. You've lived in Casper how long? This will be in my thirty ninth year. And you've never seen anybody up there. No, I've never seen anybody up there. <laughs> I, I, you know, and I passed them like, why would you climb all the way up there? Well, for we did to sit up there, Frank. I mean, we did. Now another one. Okay, so I want you to pull out of here, like go past City Hall and okay. make a left, and that's center, I believe. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as you're heading toward the interstate, just before the interstate, there's a little park between the hotel and the interstate on the left hand side. I didn't know that. There's a yeah, see, and there's a picnic table there. On the left hand side. It's just a little it's a little rectangle area between the off ramp and the hotel. Oh 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 yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I have seen people there because they go and hang out there when they're waiting for the bus. Oh, so there is a reason for that one. Yes. Okay. I've got a few others for you. Okay. Men's college basketball, the Wyoming Cowboys 8 and 6 on the year and 1 and 0 in Mountain West Conference play after a thrilling 75-73 win over San Jose State in Laramie last night. A quail cot hit a fadeaway jumper at the buzzer for the win for the Pokes and he finished with 14 points. Cowboys were on the ropes in this game. They trailed by as many as 17 and didn't shoot the ball all that well in the first half but shot a lot better in the second half. San Jose State shot a great in the first half and not so good in the second half. Sam Griffin led Wyoming with 23 points so the Cowboys are 8-6 and six overall and 1-0 and oh in league play. They'll be in Albuquerque on Saturday to meet New Mexico. Wyoming Cowgirl basketball team, they are 6-6 six and six overall, 1-0 and oh in Mountain West play. 
uh, coming into tonight's game against Utah State. Cowgirls have beat uh, Boise State 61-47 in their conference opener over the weekend. Utah State is 3-9, and and they've lost a bunch of games by big, big, big scores. After tonight's game, the Cowgirls will visit the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs on Saturday. Juco basketball, the Casper College men and women will be in Dawson, Montana on Friday. The men are 10-6, and the women are 11-4, and the LCCC men 10-6, and and they will be hosting the Air Force Prep on Tuesday. The LCCC women 6-8, and they'll be at Trinidad in Colorado on Monday. Here's a rundown of some of the former Wyoming Cowboy guys that did how they did in the NFL over the weekend. Buffalo quarterback Josh Allen, 15 of 30 for 169 yards, two rushing touchdowns as the Bills kept their playoff hopes alive, beating New England 27-21. Cincinnati linebacker and Casper native Logan Wilson have five tackles in their loss to Kansas City 25-17. Bengals are 8-8 eight and, eight and they're in danger of not making the playoffs. Las Vegas defensive back Marcus Epps had three tackles in their loss to Indianapolis and Denver defensive lineman Mike Purcell had three tackles in their win over the Los Angeles Chargers. And that's it in sports. Okay, here's what I would like people to do. Yeah. So, for instance, if I took you to Cheyenne, Wyoming, mm-hmm. there's a couple right in Cheyenne, some very attractive areas, but there's some parks where you would look at and go, that's a park? How is that a park? <laughs> and yet they were left with like a corner. Yeah. You know, and they just decided to call it a park. You know, like, for example, uh, there's one for those who are in Cheyenne, Pershing Boulevard and Cary Avenue. And it says uh, there's a little park and activity center there. And it's like this little triangle, Frank. That yeah, be I late. think so. Yeah, is, is it kind of like in a bowl thing, too? Yeah, if, yeah. If, no, not the bowl one. Now, the bowl one is actually, it's, the, the purpose of that is if there's a flash flood. In yeah, yeah, flood mitigation and, and yeah, Casper Parks are the so same we'll, way. Yeah. We'll turn it into a park at the same time. What yeah. I would like people to do, Frank, find where there's a picnic table, an official picnic table. Yes. In, like, just the most absurd place. Take a picture of yourself having a sandwich there and send it to me. Okay. Because I have seen some of the... And so have you, Frank. Why is there a picnic table there? Oh, I know. Remember the ones where they have concrete? Yes. You know, seating? Yes. Oh, At yeah. rest stops? And somebody's... Okay. And they have barbecues at rest, rest stops. Oh, yeah. They, oh, they want you to get out and do the whole barbecue oh, thing yeah, and everything. Yeah. Like, why there? All right, Frank. Thank you. Coming up on some local business and news time. It's Wake Up Wyoming.